Well, we've got a break. I'll I think Mitch is grab... on call. Yeah, he's on the phone. Let me just go grab my... I feel like there is some kind of weird porno paused on his TV. The chick with the dick. <laughs> Reverse ultroning. Hard to tell. He's on that one six hundred number. Hi, this is Trixie. Hi, this is Trent. <laughs> <laughs> Get into Gate. This is episode 198 with Robert Suggett, SG1. My name is Mitch. Joining me, get into Gate is Brendan and Maddie. Boys, what's doing? Yo. Right. Here we are. The uh, the episode I was warned about last time we talked about SG1 and even last episode talking SGA, Beachhead, to the point where we spoke for an extra five minutes and I thought Maddie was having me on that there was an episode called Beachhead. And then if I didn't become <laughs> the sort of personification of that Leo man going, every time they said that the title, which they did probably what, five or six times, they said the word mm. Beachhead. And here we did are. They ever. Your did mind, they your mind just went to the dirty place of separating. The two. It's a one, it's a, it's a one word. It's, it's, but you were separating into two words. It's double H. And, and uh, what, what you see on the beach at New Year's, that's what, that's what you, that's, were, right. that's what your yeah. mind went to. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Sunny fan, coast, yeah. Easy, you were, you were, you were, beach. You were, <laughs> beach. Yeah. <laughs> you were thinking of the verb, not the noun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. It's fair, cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, yeah, I definitely didn't have Claudia Black in the uh, situations that I've seen at Malula Bar Beach and New Year's Eve, as uh, as Brendan said. But uh, you know here of. we are. That I know of. I mean, hey, you know, I've I've been celebrity. I think spotting. we'd remember. Wouldn't we're all we? God's children in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Beachhead Landry calls upon Lieutenant Colonel Carter, you remember her, who has developed a potent weapon that Landry is convinced can wipe out the Ori's forces. After several attempts at peaceful negotiation proved futile, Carter launches her weapon. Unfortunately, instead of destroying the force field, the detonation only results in enlarging it, which I feel... Wow. It's a little bit of a spoiler, right? Like, Well, I'm, I'm just thinking of all the double entendres you've got. Beachhead, potent yeah. weapon, and yep. enlarging it all in yep. one synopsis. That mm. my brain just goes to do even a peaceful negotiation proving fertile. Uh, I, nearly, hey. I, I nearly read that. Uh, it is uh, written by Brad Wright and directed by Brad Turner. Brad squared. <laughs> Bradwood. Um, Lala's gone. Sam's back. That's the synopsis. Yes, yes, it is indeed. Um, yeah, well, on that actually, I was a bit surprised that um, you know, again for me watching these episodes probably for only for the second time around uh, like seasons nine and ten i forget that carter was even gone that and that she had to come back and then when she did come back it was a really cool moment you know and i like the the, the play you know because obviously um bridges is having to do sort of the one man acting of a two-way conversation mm. with a character that you know and love very well and he i thought he delivered that quite well because i'm like yeah i can see jack saying that yeah i can hear jack inf- inflecting that yeah that's great and then when he turns around and, and sam's there and the the score kicks in it was a really nice welcoming back feel and i'm like oh awesome she's here and i suddenly had like little flashes of like wow what if they brought stargate back and this is what it would feel like except like a hundred times greater oh my god this is Mm. amazing she's here she's back but then it was kind of undone in the next scene because it's just she's there getting ready for the mission they're about to go through the gate and i'm like oh i would have I would have loved to have seen mitchell's reaction of her back at the base ready to go on i thought you're gonna say the the change rooms 
I just figured that would have been a deleted scene in the Deloise <laughs> cut or something. But um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I really would have loved a, a scene where you, you see her see the team again for the first time, especially, I guess, Tilk, like two people, or Daniel as well, because all three of them, I guess, in a way, were never coming back. And then they just very much, you know, were. I mean, in saying that, you know, she's back, which is, it, it's, it's awesome. You know, I, I kind of, complain. I, in a way, I almost liked the subtle nature of it hmm. in that, because it's like in the first episode of the season, Mitchell is like talking to her on the video screen and like we get the vibe that they talk regularly. Daniel and her talk regularly. I don't know about Teal because he's been off world and stuff like that. So I kind of just liked the the casual nature of it's like almost, I, I feel like they may have forced a little bit, but it was just their way of trying to be like, yeah, she never left. She's, mm. always, she's always been here. It's just we as the fifth member of SG1 haven't seen her. Yeah. She's been she's been doing other missions, you know, um, working on the Prometheus and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of liked that it. it was just like, okay, I'm here, let's get back to work. The weirdest part for me though was I read a bit of trivia and it kind of pointed out the fact that this is the first time Car- uh, Carter and Vala have actually met for as long as we've had Vala around. Like, yeah, yeah they right. never they never met in Prometheus Unbound. They don't really have an introduction. Their first quote unquote interaction is kind of being a little bit bitchy being like who's the extra yeah, backup like singer <laughs> and i'm it. like is this who's what brad this wright bitch? thinks women <laughs> talk like yeah you're is that right. what brad wright thinks women talk backup like backup singer <laughs> they don't they're much more cattier than that <laughs> <laughs> they're way more cattier who the f- is this bitch i was like wow okay <laughs> is this daniel's new squeeze but that's <laughs> that's the type of shit that shit they would be saying. But yeah, and then sure. I, I did like that that sort of line where Carter sort of says, "Oh, you know, I think it might be once later on once on Prometheus." She's like, "Oh, I, I thought you said in our last email or chat or whatever that the effects of the bracelet was wearing off." And he's like, "Yeah, well, I just didn't want to test it by, you know, a million light years or whatever." Could you um, at least like leap on level twenty eight and go up to the top? Or yeah, that was that's why I thought it was weird jumping forward. I thought it was weird that they let Vala beam down once they got there. I was like, surely like she would have been okay on the ship if Daniel yeah. beamed down. It seems so unnecessary and so dangerous for someone so volatile like Vala to yeah. let her beam down and have free reign talking to and the why was And why didn't Carter beam down? Mm. I didn't understand that. Mm. Was she was she working on the... No, because the, the, the explosive was already down, wasn't it? So it's not like she was up there working on it or anything. Yeah. I found yeah, myself thinking at the end when she was in the chair and the super gate, which kind of jumping to me saying that, but um, was coming together and they realized the singularity were like got minutes. And she's like, guys, whatever we're going to do, um, uh, we better do it now. And I'm like, no, you're the person that you would usually be talking to. Like in that, in that circumstance, you're mm. the person that someone says, think now we need to act. The fact that she's just sort of outsourcing it to Daniel and Teal'c and Mitchell and yeah, the, super yeah. the, uh, the backup dancer felt really strange when what happens if, if it didn't work mm. you know how you know how when we were on the meteorite doing our our favorite meteorite oh, yeah movies. doing um armageddon <laughs> armageddon mm-hmm. slash deep impact mm. <laughs> and and she wasn't there to fix the bomb mm. so i'm like what if that happened again yeah because they did say to, oh the, to, the yellow wire on you they're it's all a yellow. bit twitchy in in mode three or whatever yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, I guess it did sound like Mitchell knew more about it. Yeah, yeah, which was a nice touch. F-ing military though, I think I mentioned it. Maybe it was Atlantis when like all the backup people arrived on Atlantis, 
and and they were doing that stupid training command thing where it's like the leader says go and do this and then that guy literally just turns around and says it to another guy literally <laughs> turns around and says, they did it in this episode too because it's like carter says something and says oh we need to do this and looks to mitchell and then mitchell gives the okay and and then gives and then looks to the commander of the prometheus or and is like okay yeah do it like she could have just looked directly like it was so weird like that because it's like the commander guy is like yeah he's in charge of the prometheus but cam is in like com- total command of the mission mm, so yeah. it's like so it's, it was this weird thing where she had to look to the commander and the commander had to look to mitchell to get the okay it was, yeah, such, it was a weird situation so weird so weird. i found you said that was your weirdest my weirdest situation was that they get a message from a guy old and they don't announce sg1 to the gate room SG1 to the gate room. You know how every single episode for eight years, they say SG1 to the gate room. They stop where they're doing. They run up there. Meanwhile, he's already organized a team to go off world, meet old fatty Bumbatty, whatever his name was, <laughs> and they bring him back. And then he's just filling SG1 in on the way. I just do you know don't, what I, do you what I reckon that is that. though. They play, they're chilling playing basketball. <laughs> well, do you know what that is though? I don't think anyone's officially SG one yet. I think technically Mitchell is Mitchell still is. the only SG one. <laughs> I don't think because I think there might even be a moment. Oh, Daniel, what about Daniel? Well, I'm just trying to remember. Isn't there a moment in one of the upcoming episodes where he like gives either Carter or Teal'c a patch, like, and they're not officially back on the team until they accept the position and they're given like a shoulder patch? I think. Daniel is still just wearing an SGC patch. I'm not sure that he's he's wearing an SG1 patch yet. I could be wrong. I could be wrong though. Wow. What Deep I thought was what I, I thought just was interesting. Daniel's there. He missed the boat to yeah. Atlantis again. He's just still there. What I thought was interesting in that same moment, it was the thing that popped out to me, is we get that message and General says, and none of y'all speak, Guawul, do you? Yeah. It's been eight years Uh, has not one of those technicians thought Uh, to maybe in their off time learn a little bit of basic what's daniel gonna do mate if (laughs) could you imagine if um walter translated that he'd be like uh uh, stairway to heaven it actually says (laughs) like could you imagine he would definitely be like, you did it wrong. That, see, uh, th- that's the thing. I reckon that scene doesn't change when uh, it gets to Landry and he says, none of you speak gold, do you? And then he goes and finds Teal'c to sort of say, hey, we've got some shit going on. That scene doesn't change. If, if it ends in him, he say, what does it say? Then he cuts to him finding Teal'c going, hey, we got some shit going on. Mm. He didn't Because we don't see Teal'c sit there and pull the book or, or you know, Daniel and, and uh, transcribe it or anything. Like, it makes so much sense that, yes, they would be able to read it. But if we're not going to have them um, just automatically, I would, I would love what you, you guys are saying. I would love Walter to go, yeah, <laughs> I, I got this, and give a really, like, he's just, like, taking upon his time at 5 o'clock each day. He sticks around for another hour, does some light reading, some light translating, but, he, of course, he's shit because he's got to go off to the strippers and pick up Chevron 7 after work. <laughs> yeah, so, like, you. he doesn't have time to do all <laughs> the heavy lifting, right? You need a, you need a window of opportunity-style <laughs> montage. Sorry, where he's, he's, sorry, just one. He's, he's doing the reading, not at work, but in the car park waiting for Chevron <laughs> to finish her shit. <laughs> Just, just flicking a, just flicking a cigarette as he reads it. Just chapter seven, and the irony being, it's like it's a book written by Daniel Jackson. Yeah, because yeah. that was my thought. It's like he takes a class, 
but it's um, window of opportunity style montage where it's actually a class taught by Daniel Jackson. Yeah. Like Daniel Jackson in his <laughs> off hours is teaching. He's like, there's a there's a class that he runs every day for anyone who wants to learn Guaul. And he's no probably one, just good. No yeah. one ever shows up, and then for the first time, Walter shows up, and he's the only person in the classroom. Yeah, that's what I want. He definitely would have recorded them. Yeah, yeah. Like he gets one of those little no, no, no. One of those little um. Uh, tapering the old school like cassette mini tape cassette tape recorders and Walter just sits his down on the desk and audio records yeah. the um mm. the lecture. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Daniel Jackson here. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love this episode though. This is I guess maybe because it is Carter's first time back, it just feels it feels right again. It just mm. it really does you really are missing something when you don't have Carter being there to do those big technological exposition dumps like yeah. she's just so she's on the so ball. good at it like you know you can bounce like any character can bounce like vala is very she can't bounce off everybody the same way like she, it's cool because she does have like her own kind of rapport with daniel, rapport with, yeah, daniel. obviously muscles. her and daniel had the most muscles and teal yeah her and mitchell don't really interact much and you can tell um landry just hates her yeah so it's good to have sam back and just it just feels a little bit more in the groove i, I always um, used I to episode. hate this episode for some reason really and i think it was because of oh, what's his name like my doctor has a similar nearus nearus is it nearus is it right n-e-r-u-s nearus so he i think it irked me a lot in the line where he he starts coughing and he doesn't do the flange, and they're like, oh, "We don't really have to do that." I just felt like that was a huge, mm. huge change in the canon. That I know that that I know that they could always throw their voice to pretend they're the host, mm. but wouldn't it be for me? It would be like it's easier for them to have the flange. You know what I mean? Because they're putting it on to tr- pretend to be the host. I don't, it, it just it annoys me because they're supposed to be aliens. And there yeah. was, and I just like the flange. I always have the the way it was played off as a joke. I think is it is something new because like Gould not talking flanged isn't new because if you think about like Seth was stuck here on Earth for centuries, he would have had to have gotten by without a flanged voice. Yeah, and then during Warrior, you have Imhotep impersonating a Jafar by not speaking with a flanged voice. And him speaking with a flange voice. As well. Yeah, Hathor as well. So it's been around. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're right. The way it was played off as a joke, mm. adding like that. It was flippant. And yeah, and that, I that classic. I didn't like it. That classic SG1 bumbly like ergo music playing underneath Nerys, like the French horn or whatever it is. Like, mm. or it's like, oh, it's <laughs> like, it's obviously a much more comedic show than it was back then. But yeah, it's definitely an adjustment. And I think the. I just didn't like the line. Yeah, because I found that too. Like, I don't know if I remember what would have happened in the next 30 seconds because I was like, hang on, what? Like, are you, that seems yeah, like. Because even Daniel looked, there's a look from yeah. Daniel. Like, he's like, hang on, what? Yeah, like he, he literally is thinking the words, this is changing the canon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think the end of the episode where Landry comes in and says, hey, that, that whole, we actually stopped that. And 
yeah, you're done and we're going to chuck you in a hole in Area 51. I think, and the whole way that guy's going, whatever, you know, they'll fix it eventually or, you know, you, you can't do this to me or whatever. I think that's more effective if he's still got the flange voice because we as an audience and fans of the show, we hear that flange voice. We know what either kind of power that character or that species has or at least mm. what kind of power they think that they have, which also makes them dangerous. So if the whole way he's speaking with his flange voice while he's just there stuffing chicken into his mouth, Ooh. but then at the end, that flange voice is referring to an even higher power and we know what the ghoul are like. They don't believe that there's anyone better than them, but if there's a, a ghoul flange voice still speaking about true power, the ultimate true power in the universe, the galaxy or whatever, and then he still fails and falls, I think it's far more effective to, like, we would see and feel that fall within that scene a lot more if yeah. it came from a flange voice. That's a really good point. Rather than just this sort of, yeah, bumbling, you know, chubby guy that's just there eating food the entire episode. Yeah, or- yeah because by taking away that flange takes away a lot of his power. So yeah. it's like... Yeah. Especially by the end of the episode when we haven't heard it since the second scene that he was in. Yeah, yeah. you're knocking him all the way down to just being even lower than, like, SG one and Landry and those kind of people yeah. lowering him down because he's at that point yeah he's just a fat slob with food on his face yeah but it's like in saying that as head. you said that I would have been absolutely stoked if when Landry came in and said you bastard you tricked us he put the flange back on yeah, yeah. like he's like this is really me I was f-ing with you yeah, yeah. you're right you actually know? I wonder and that would have kept within the canon that would have been yep. even better. That would have been best case scenario, actually, for sure. Yeah. I wonder if it stems from the actor, because I know in the past there have been characters, I've heard it in some of the audio commentaries where they say some of the, especially some of the female characters that they've had as Gua'uld, when they come in with just their human voices, they just do not sound intimidating. So they even have to like turn the flange up from like seven to nine, like Mm. just to give them that real image, like to add that image. So I'm wondering if maybe his voice modulation thing just didn't work with the flange. I wonder if it was a technical thing where they're like, oh, he doesn't sound good flanged. Let's write it in as a joke so we don't have to flange him, I wonder. Yeah, you do have to have a, like a really arch type voice. Yeah, and like enunciate and be very, yeah. whereas I guess because he was kind of bumbling and always had a mouthful of food, maybe eating food flange just sounds horrible. Maybe it doesn't, <laughs> yeah, maybe it doesn't work. That's true. That's true. <laughs> maybe it doesn't work. But I, I do like true. the line where... Um, because just in a technical he's... term, when a gourd speaks, you can't have someone else interjecting or 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 talking over them because otherwise you're going to have to because they put the effect over the audio, right? So I guess they'd have to have two audio layers while they're editing for that not to to kind of take. Yeah, effect. so I guess it would depend on during the shot whether there's just one boom mic over the whole area or whether each yeah. individual actor is individually mic'd. So they have those individual channels to manipulate. I, I yeah. just, I would love to hear what flange chewing sounds like. Mm. I, I kind of want to know too. Yeah. It's like, like, like Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, just Jabba Flanging a breath. Imagine, <laughs> George imagine Lucas just like, head of his time. <laughs> imagine just like heavy breathing, just flanging heavy breathing would just sound, yeah. so, that would sound super weird. Yeah, I'd like <laughs> it. Yeah, that actor, I, I know I've seen him in other things. We haven't seen him in this show playing another character like seasons ago or anything. No. Okay, no, good. this is um, Maury, Maury Chakling, I want to say is the pronunciation. I, I did IMDb him, and the only things I, I saw of note that you guys probably were probably in on is he's apparently he's done a lot of Catherine Zeta Jones movies because he did Mask of Zorro and Entrapment, but he was also in Twins as well, the old um, Schwarzenegger movie. 
with Penny oh, Lindo. I probably remember from Twins. I, I, he, yeah, I think I think he, he must be one of the bad guys. Yeah, I think he must be one of the one of the mob guys from. I um, think, and I, I remember him definitely from Zorro. Now that you say that, yeah, nah. I can picture him. I can't think of like what the characters or when, but I, I can. No, I, I, I didn't write down movie, characters. Yeah. You know how I always say that um, season nine and ten are a lot like the earlier SG ones when they try to introduce the characters. For me, this one was a lot like Chain Reaction the episode where General Hammond retires in inverted oh, commas yeah. and mm. they bring in General Bauer and he sets off the bomb, which mm. actually when I, when I was like, oh, actually that is the start of this episode, I reckon, because that's what that detonation was. And then years later they, they call them busters because that's the first I've ever heard that term mm. is this episode. We call it a gate buster. Yeah. And he's saying it's a, what was the term? Mark, Mark nine. Mark nine. Mm. I thought it was, I thought like, it was in a quadria. I thought it was in a quadria enhanced. I thought he said. Yeah. What did I say? Nuclear. No, I just mean, I, I never connected it to chain reaction. I, I always thought it was just because they had an Aquadria announced. Instead of a Nakwater bomb, this was an Aquadria bomb. Oh, I, I, I never actually connected bigger. it to chain reaction. Because well, I thought chain reaction was... Bomb. I thought I thought chain reaction was the reason of that is because we set off an Aquadria bomb, but the planet had natural Aquadria deposits. It. They and knew that, though. They oh, knew that, but oh, they, couldn't, right. they didn't shut the gate off. So that's why I'm wondering. Obviously, that was the test. This is the end result. I'm just linking yeah, those that's two. That's really cool. I'm just linking those two in my own canon. But I, like I think that. that's what it is anyway, because Area 51 or whoever develops it, Pentagon will be like, that was awesome. Let's <laughs> make another one. So was this Nequadria, was it? I thought. I thought I heard them say it was a oh, Mark okay. 9 Nequadria enhanced bomb. Wow, that's even bigger. So yeah, yeah. that's why. And um, yeah, I like the whole thing, like uh Aaron Sun, she just keeps she Vala's just sitting there going the whole time. This is a setup. This yeah. is a setup. And no one listens to her. Yeah. I the like one, that. the one Vala moment I hated was as they were leaving for the mission, there was that really on the nose thing where you knew that she wasn't coming back when she turns around the ramp and goes, and you to General Landry. And she's like, yeah. well, and I'm like, that's her saying goodbye to Landry. Like as a viewer, you know that that's her last words yeah. to him. And, and they ain't speaking again. So it was kind of you kind of knew that she wasn't coming back. At least that was for me. What about for you, Mitch? Like you haven't seen it in forever. No. And had you, watched... did you remember when you started watching this? Nope. That no. this was Viola's last one. No, not at all. And I watched this episode an hour ago, and I still I don't remember that Landry line. Like maybe I'd, I'd gotten up to go oh. drink or something like that. Um, yeah, when but... she goes to the ranch, she's like, "And you, you'll regret whatever whatever I said." And then she does the with the scarf, and then what was it? The scarf. I don't know. She's just experimenting <laughs> She's with so dramatic with human He's fashion. Like, this is a military vessel. It takes the scarf off it. Yeah, I, I love know. that he waits till I've then. Stolen it before. Yeah, I love that he waits till then. That Not when they're favorite. like in the gate room or gearing yeah. up. He waits till they're on the Prometheus. They're, they're nearly on to the then take the scarf off. Yeah, <laughs> and I I don't know what I have what I've forgotten, what I still do know about ongoing, but like just from a, a television standpoint, not a narrative or anything like that, but just the way that they shoot things. This is not the way that you say goodbye to a character. Like the last we saw of her, her face was barely visible. She's sort of stumbling through, not in a dramatic slow-mo score building up. This is a sacrificial yeah. play. It was just, it was almost like they cut the the shot short because she goes and fires off the rings and then, 
I think if I didn't have that knowledge as I'm watching it from you saying something uh, earlier, Maddie, um, about this being her, uh, her final one, I wouldn't have thought that because that's the same sort of editing style where she just pops back up on the Prometheus or whatever. And, um, and, and, on we go there was no there was there was never anything else going to happen like just just the way that people shoot like it's it's funny when you do watch stuff like i'm not unique like we we'd all be the same but i sit there and i watch things with like you know my missus or whatever who might not be watching it with an eye of someone who watches a lot of tv or like brennan and i have done filmmaking all that sort of stuff and i go you can just tell when something's about to happen in a shot because of the way that it's framed or the way that it lingers or you know anything like that so i when she sort of stumbled through steady shot and then fires off the thing, sparks flying out, steps out into the rings and they work. If they didn't work, I go, I go, okay, that's fine. This is where it ends. But the fact that, that you could see them and then it cuts to the outside to see the super gate, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then we go, oh, she died. Yeah, well, yeah, we don't know what happened to her. And oh, she'll be remembered and be mourned. And oh, maybe she's out there alive. We don't know. And I'm like, oh, I don't. <laughs> that doesn't feel like it's the last time we'll ever see her because of the way that it was shot. So I don't you know, know. I had a problem with that. Anyway, the science shot. Mm. She must have gone through the singularity. Yeah, what is that this weird. Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, given given the that they, was, you know, bookshelf, no we check the bookshelves, you know, there was no wormhole established. Yeah, yeah. given well, and that's the weird thing. And and they said that well, well for the for the for the original wormhole attached to the small Stargate. Oh. They they said they were connected to the black hole, and then that's okay. because that's how they were powering the small gate to run for le- longer than thirty eight minutes. But then it's like, well, if they're connected to a black hole, how did all the friggin' chopper co pieces come through the stargate? Yeah, and then the biggest problem for me, and this is we've talked about this in the past, where I think the CGI f- the story is when you see the cargo. Now we know we know after eight years a cargo ship cannot fit through a stargate, right? Mm. The cargo ship mm. pulls up in between the two pieces of in the, the super gates in between. But mm. those super gate pieces are so much larger than a cargo ship, mm. but somehow they traveled through the Stargate. <laughs> yeah. So mm. it's I'm almost like there needed to be a moment where they almost like transformed, where it's like multiple pieces came through the Stargate and then joined up to become one mm. piece of the super gate. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it was an aquadria based bomb, right? And we we saw it when those things were shooting through. It was hot. It was really <laughs> hot. And heat makes metal expand. Science explained. Wow, that yeah. is the trumpiest explanation I've ever ring heard. Ring just got the ring of fire got bigger than a normal stargate. <laughs> so, Actually, you know what? You know what? The argument you could have is that the original gate was still intact. Mm. You know, because because Carter says she escaped through the singularity. But maybe she, maybe the yeah. beam got sucked into that gravity well, and she went through the stargate. But wasn't it an incoming wormhole? That's true. Yeah, this is. Fucked. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> just some. They just needed to finesse it a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I think yeah. they were also like, because I think well, at this maybe point, could, the supergate could have like formed almost, but just broke or. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's also how how did the prior come through the Stargate if that Stargate was connected to a black hole? Yes, exactly. You know, I mean the, the priors are powerful, so maybe they maybe they, they probably maybe just they write can. that away as saying it's prior power. Maybe they um, just made uh, the black hole after he came through. Yeah, because like we know was the gate 
The gate was on when the Jafar the whole family time. would start. The yeah, whole right. Time, but yeah. We, yeah, that's the thing. We never saw like we don't know that he walked through that particular wormhole. Like he could have walked through, it shut down, opened up black hole before no, the show you, started, right? Or because I think the um, black hole has to be on that side, otherwise it yes suck everything through i don't know yeah mm. well then yeah I, I, they didn't no, show it I, I shut think, down and yeah i can't remember if um because the gate yeah, was always open throughout mm, the whole show whether was. or not yeah whether or not they cut away and he yeah. dialed up again we don't know it was off screen because yeah all i remember from the start is him coming through the quote-unquote jafar who just looked like humans with stamps <laughs> yeah, on their heads like yeah. the jafar have really gone down since yeah. the fall of the Gua'uld. but yeah i just remember them being like no firing very... firing the staff weapons and him well, just mate, like flinging them off into the distance all their jafar gyms shut down <laughs> like, <laughs> they're milking cows yeah. now without their armor they uh they are very much uh not very imposing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i feel, I like, feel they like they were just yeah. jafar groupies like with tattoos in the head. Like, Jafar didn't fight hard enough to do this just to have it all go to someone else. I'm like, aren't you the Jafar? No, of course you're not the Jafar that fought. <laughs> I feel like you're Jafar farmers, guys. I actually like yeah. when, um, uh, was it Nerus? Nerus? Nerus. Did he, re- did he like add a little bit of uh, like, you know, other worldly of earth language flavor? Did he refer to them as Yafas at, uh, I think, in one yeah, he did. Yeah, the free yeah. Yafar. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, I, I I think that might be the actor just not getting a brief on how to pronounce Stargate words because yeah, at that time. point, the, as he a director, yeah, yeah, he pronounced on, it's everything wrong. Well, would that that'd be the script supervisor, wouldn't it? <laughs> the director um, should be like, God, the guy holding the boom. Someone mic. tell him. Yeah, <laughs> the guy, they all know they lived yeah. on the Ed's because he says you can say Jaffa if you want. Yeah, <laughs> like he says Jaffa. Bar, unless you're Richard Dean Anderson, you can say Jaffa. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just, it's a J. Okay. Yeah. Please. He says lollies. he says free Yafar, but then he also later on calls the Ori the Ori. Mm-hmm. Like he gets them all wrong, and I'm like, that's a choice. That's a yeah. Choice. I was wondering if they just left that in because he was kind of like flamboyant and theatrical. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the other. It reminded me of Fair Game too when they. Back in season three, when they've set up the VIP rooms for the Gould. Yeah. I was like, why is Landry setting up the VIP room? Was that to trap him? To think that he was um, going to give away all the secrets of the Jafar? Or, I, mean, I don't know. He was, it was a weird thing to, yeah, because it's like. Especially they, when all of SG1 are going, what are you doing, bro? Yeah, well, they had that line early on where it's like, oh, he's, he's pre-sent a list of his dietary requirements. And it's yeah, like. Yeah, that was in the original translation. What, what, was, what was on us to actually honour that when he got here? But yeah, yeah it, it did seem like Landry was willing, like thought he was above board and was like, okay, we've got an ally and was kind of treating him like an ally. Or, yeah, I felt like Landry yeah. was a bit of a sucker. Because he was like, well, he says great things about you. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but we're, just, was... this is, we're, we're actually advising you, the guy's f-ing crook and he's ghouled. What are you, yeah. like, what are you doing? Unless it was just a matter of Landry was just like, okay, well, I'll, I'll let him think he's in control and let him think we're sucking up his ass till we get what yeah. we want. That, I maybe guess that, maybe that we... was Landry's whole brain. Because I did like that line where like they're reading off some of his um, dietary requirements and Landry's just like, we got eggs. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's something I find I 
I use in my regular vernacular now. Oh, really? We got eggs. I usually use the, it's a rare delicacy, the chicken. (laughs) I'll also like to use Earth Minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Earth Minutes is another good one. I always wanted to say that. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I do actually enjoy it. And saying that I used to hate it, I do, did enjoy this a lot more this time around, just for, forgiving the the whole flange thing because it was really, yeah. I really enjoyed the SG-1 going down, getting in the spacesuits. Like that yeah. explanation though of it's toxic in there because of the Jafar staff blasts, that didn't make any sense to me. Was that's it because what, of that? I just that's thought... That's what we... she said, yeah. Oh. So it was really odd, but... Yeah, I remember like, her. I remember her saying that the atmosphere had become toxic, but I didn't hear her say it was because of the star blast. I just yeah. thought it was. I just thought it was because the shield was obviously holding in, and there was no way for like fresh air and stuff to get in there. But yeah, or that was just a byproduct yeah. of their shield, which would have been fine because I really enjoyed that that whole thing. They had to get in their suits, and it was kind of reminded yeah. me of those old episodes of SG One where yeah, you just know, adds that the, extra the element and, of of, of danger and yeah, difficulty. Yeah, yeah, I liked that. Yeah, especially if, if Vala's going to be so flippant all the time. It's like, well, yeah. if, if they were all just standing there and she was like leaning up against the bomb and sitting on it and crossing her legs like yeah. she does everywhere else, it's like, well, that's, that's going to take all the tension out of the moment. So it's like, yeah, yeah if you put them in these suits, it does yeah, add a little true. bit of extra tension. Even if, yeah, like Tilk says, not, like Tilk, Tilk beams down and pretty sure literally says nothing yeah. that entire exchange. Like I think Vala says more than Tilk does. And I'm like, she should still be up on the ship. Like yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was it was a weird choice, but it was a weird choice. This is still probably so far. I think this is probably my favorite episode of the season so far. I really really love. Like, yeah, Be- I have to agree. Beachhead is one of my like during a rewatch. Sometimes I'll just jump straight to Beachhead and I'll just start at Beachhead. And the funny what, thing it, is, which is though, weird, given that I'm like the biggest Vala well, stand out of everybody. Yeah, but that's when Carter comes back too. So you like, yeah. and then they have that SG one. This is our. This is the shot at the start of the credits. Let's yeah. walk up the ramp together for the first time. I, I like that shot too. Yeah, yeah, very lucky that the Stargate's built perfectly for four people to walk side by side and yeah. not five. So Vala <laughs> had to go first. Yeah, exactly. um, Just so she wasn't in the way. And also, yeah, so she wasn't in the shot of the titles. What I did think was funny though is earlier on when they're all in the briefing room and they get some weird information and all of SG-1 is, sorry, not the briefing room, the control room, SG-1 is standing in the control room when looking at the monitors or whatever happened. And then Walter's there and Walter just wedges himself in between SG-1 <laughs> and stands in the middle of them. I like this see that. I've never seen that. it before either. It was, this is the first time I've noticed it, but they're in the control room and they're getting some big information, something, something through on the screens or whatever. And yeah, and Walter just kind of is standing in between um, SG-1 as well. And I think he does get a line thrown in there as well, which is obviously why they did it. It was just funny to see SG-1 all like, you know, that raking four shot of SG-1 yeah. and just Walter smack bang in the middle. Just like, it's almost like he's had to go, excuse me, excuse me. Can I just, can I just My get line. in here, please? Can I just get in here, please? Yeah. So good. The actual, you know what made me laugh was I love how the Jafar and the Gawawuld are all intimately aware of the Tauri's colloquial use of the term beachhead. Oh, like, really? Yeah, because Nerus used it. Like it's That's the most right. used word, did, and also he? whatever his name is, Derek, Dennis, the Jafar guy. I always Garak. 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 He Jurek. pissed me. He pissed me off He's so much this episode. He was so dumb. Like every decision he made was so stupid. 
Like if it was if it wasn't Louis Gossett Jr., I would be so annoyed. But I still just... am annoyed. Like why did they why did they do that? They don't. Is it just so? Is it just an excuse for Tilk to be here? A little bit, and I think it's supposed to give Tilk an adversary to like this new free Jafar nation. But I feel like Garak and Tilk barely have any scenes together. Like they barely have any exchanges. So I like it though how Tilk came in and just starts talking at him like, "Oi." He, they like they arrive back from the planet and he's just like, Oi, Garak, don't be a prick. Yeah, like, <laughs> don't be a quit. He's like, That is yet to be seen if you're our allies. It's like, We got Tilk. Yeah. Are you joking? Yeah. Bloodkin to all Jafar. Yeah. We've um, got the Bloodkin. He, he basically says the Jafar version of, Do you have to be a shit your entire life? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to Garak. Oi, don't be a shit. <laughs> don't be a shit your whole life. And Garak's just like, we shall see. <laughs> so annoying. So annoying. Like, I actually, I want a scene with him and um, William Shatner just yeah, to see who can sure. add the most amount of unnecessary pauses <laughs> in between <laughs> their words. I think that would be the best. I am William Shatner. Yeah. We shall see. <laughs> that was so annoying. That is yet to be seen. Your actions will be watched. <laughs> you better fire or you are not an ally. It's like Anchorman or some shit. That moment where he's like, you know, if you're not with us, you're against us, basically, you know, type mentality. Just like, if you don't, we're going to fire. And if you don't, then you'll be the next shit we fire. Yeah. And it hangs up. And I'm like, do you forget you're in like this Bruh. insane truce that has been galaxy redefining? What are you yeah. talking about? You the only idiot. reason you have any power is because yeah. of these guys. Yeah. Like, and all of a sudden, oh, if you don't shoot that thing that's not being damaged by our weapons with us, mm. well, we're just going to fire on you because at least we killed something. What yeah. the I actually really liked the line. Please cease fire. SG One is down there trying to. Mm. I'm like, oh, that's yeah, we're sick. on. They're like, on the planet. They're already on. The, can you imagine that? Like, yeah, you hear they they're already they the first time they hear about this Jafar world taking over, they jump on a couple of Hataks, ride straight there, and they're like, SG One is down there negotiating, and you're like, yeah. How the f- do they keep doing this? <laughs> you're awesome. And Nerus was like, no, Jack. And he's like, nah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this is not how name, I expected. Like, oh, I actually started thinking about that like it would be a uh, a really good, um, no, not defense mechanism, but like a, a safety protocol. Never have all of SG1 in the same, like, you know, when yeah, you're right. meeting someone that for the first time. Like, like a royal like, family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, you're not. He's like, no, I'm not. And he goes, oh, you're not even Carter. He's like, oh, my God, what gave it away? And he's like, oh, this sucks. And I'm like, yeah, you only got like half the Beatles, mate. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You know, um, you got Ringo and George <laughs> suck shit. <laughs> you guys haven't mentioned uh, call sign shaft yet. Oh no, no! I had no idea what that meant. I had to no, Google it. That it's was a, um, it's, a, it's a motor thing, isn't it? It's yeah, like something it's to do with engines. Camshaft. I'm, I'm not a car guy. No, no idea. I, I think I heard them say that once in the first Fast and Furious movie, and that's. That's about it. That's now I know this was written by Brad you can Wright. Get your camshaft. <laughs> but right. I would have thought this was a Delaware special based purely on those two scenes in the ship where almost everything 
that was said was some kind of sexual innuendo. Like the fact that you were shaft, the fact that it was big <laughs> and the things were small and things were getting bigger and it exploding and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my God, they're having a lot of fun. If it was these puns. I was waiting for Woody Harrelson to come in like Austin Powers. <laughs> Just be like, wow. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was one of the guys that had gotten sort of <laughs> like monster thrown by the, by the prior at the start of the episode. He takes off his hood and it's actually Woody. It's like, oh my God. I can see it down there. It's a giant Woody. <laughs> oh my God, it's enormous. <laughs> the prior through Woody so hard, he's now surrounded by seamen. Go down, Woody Harrelson is on a boat on the ocean. Yeah. On it. Um, he touched him so hard, he's surrounded by seamen. He cuts to a scene on Prometheus and it's Walter giving a tour. It's like, here's our naval contingent here on <laughs> here on maneuvers to learn. They just disappeared, work. didn't they? Those guys. Oh my that god. Yeah. Could you imagine? Because they would have them. been alive the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> until <laughs> they either went into space or landed were, in the next continent. Though and because Jesus. of the nature of like who they are and they didn't look like they'd seen a lot of combat or anything like that i dare say they would have had that hobbit line like the samwise as they're flying through the air going this is the furthest i've been away from my house <laughs> oh man come I on thought, sam <laughs> i thought uh... a lot throughout this episode i'm like holy shit they went really far like yeah. i think the prior needed to do that yeah. because it was again not the cgi didn't let the story down but it looked like it was ready to finish whatever it was doing like when he blasted them i'm like oh they're going back 10 and they kind of stopped gaining altitude and yeah then kept getting further away but on a very slow incline and it just kept going going until the guy just like in his keying almost is like yeah yeah just he was just pinching that's that, exactly that just, what it was too yeah. on the on the behind the scenes you yeah. see that when they yeah. throw them up and then they're in there flailing for a bit it's yeah. <laughs> hilarious zoom out, something zoom that out. i thought just would not fly in today's tv though it's like when we first sort of speak with garak like he's sitting in like the gold mothership and you know he's got the grand throne he's got the giant view screen and stuff like that and it cuts back to prometheus and we've got this cool like big glass window that we can look out of but how do we communicate little and six inch by six inch <laughs> screens above and like yeah. Garak's just up on one of those you gotta gotta squint to see him i'm like i love that we're just still rocking with just like those kind of um communications like that's just that's all we've got yeah i started thinking about the tech though because i know whenever we've spoken to you know apophis or whatever he's talking through one of those like orbs right you know essentially like he's some face time balls oh the face time balls right Garak. He was straight up FaceTiming us though, like proper FaceTiming with a screen. Like he was looking to the camera and I'm like, did we, yeah. did we fit the attacks with, with those? <laughs> like, did we lease the, did we get some a good Logitech? Yeah. Right? There's got to be some aspect ratio problems yeah. there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Is everyone like, I know you guys yeah. are really advanced, but are you still rolling 16.9 or have you like. Cause I know that NTSC and PAL don't, aren't really <laughs> compatible. So I don't know how they work. Is uh, you guys, you guys. Oh seen- shit. I can't find you on Android. Aren't you? God <laughs> damn it. You guys haven't seen uh, the Orville, but there's a great moment in the first season when they're still doing sort of really comedic stuff. And it's like one of these enemy aliens pops up on the, on the bridge sort of view screen. And this is only a visual gag for those that can see the view, but the, like the bad guys over here and he's doing like his, you will do this. You will succumb to us, blah, blah. To the and side of the screen. Yeah. Oh, and, then, yeah. and then Stephanie Fallon just stops and goes, Hey, can you just take like two steps to your right? <laughs> 
And he's like, what is like, it's just weird fragments, just a lot of dead space. You could just, and, and then so he makes the alien go like this, and then the alien keeps going with the, you will surrender to us, blah, blah, blah. He's like, that's better. Thank you. <laughs> so good. It's good for my OCD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just the way he's like, there's a lot of dead space. Just, it's a framing thing. So good. You asked me before, did I remember when this started that it was going to be um, Vala's uh, last? And I said, no. And also when like those things are shooting through the gate and I'm like, oh, wow, some kind of Ori, you know, um, darts essentially. Holy shit. I don't remember this. And then when they're, and they're like, oh, they're unmanned. I'm like, oh, why? Of course the Ori would have like some kind of, you know, uh, not AI, but, you know, for lack of um, a proper name, they've got, um, I can, um, yeah, drone sort of ships flying through. Okay. And then all of a sudden they're looking at them in space. You know, they had like a, t- a sort of a side on view of just these like dominoes. I'm like, what the hell is that? And then when they sort of looked at it from a different point of view and it was, and I'm like, holy shit, the, the super gate already? Like, I, yeah. we're six episodes into this season. I had no idea. That, and I don't know. Okay, they said they failed and they'll come back. And I don't know whether that's an end of season thing and, you know, that's the that's the season cliffhanger or anything. But just even the fact that it was referenced this early, that blew my mind that we were talking about that. We, <laughs> we like barely the... met these guys a couple of episodes ago. And now we've got the yeah. super gate. I love the line though from Carter. More like super gate. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you just need needed shepherd there. We'll know yeah. later. Like, which it and it gets the. I don't know whether they it's ever mentioned super it. bottle. <laughs> I don't know if they ever mentioned it on screen or not, but it ends up being called a chopper co instead of a chopper eye. Ooh, I like that. Can yeah. I tell you something that you may have not known because I only just found this out? Shepherd names named the puddle jumper in Atlantis. I know we're doing SG one, but in Atlantis in the first episode, he says gate ship one. Okay. And he's like, what? A yeah. little puddle jumper like this. Do you know that that's a surfboard? That's a it title is? of surfboard. A puddle jumper is. Yeah. You're kidding. So, and then like, he's got one in his room. Wow. How come Lincoln didn't know that Lincoln's a surfer. Yeah. Obviously not. You've been wow. caught the Wow. Because I've heard of I've heard of that in like a, a another sci-fi show. I can't remember which one it is. It's not so it's not a puddle jumper, but it's like a a land skipper or something like that. Like it just it just hop or a land hopper. It like hops from from landmass to landmass, like a you know, some so I always thought in my brain it was like a natural extension of that. I never in a million years would have thought of surfboard. Mm. Yeah. That's hectic, eh? That's so that makes oh my more, god, it makes more sense. Okay, look, if anyone out there has any kind of artistic uh, capabilities whatsoever, <laughs> what I'm going to need from you now is Lilo and Stitch yeah. surf, surfing on an Atlantis puddle jumper. That's <laughs> of all gonna, the things you can I'm going to I would have definitely that. gone like Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze yeah. on a surfboard. Get fuck. Lilo and Stitch could outsurf those cunts any day of the week. Oh, oh Jesus. I mean, if I'd have seen that movie, maybe I would agree. <laughs> yeah, but... me too. But <laughs> no, an alien singing Elvis songs. No, thanks. <laughs> In six-armed furry, fur, furry blue alien. Well, mate, you're also speaking about a guy who's not with us anymore, in Patrick Swayze, and the other person you're dissing is Keanu fucking Reeves, yeah. possibly the greatest human on the planet. So shut your mouth. Yeah, and as if he couldn't surf out, he's the one. He is the one. He's John Wick. 
Have you seen yeah. these movies? Yeah, but he's on Wick could surf on Lilo and Stitch. Oh, God, that's where it needs. Hey, that'll be when it jumps. He, oh, yeah, John, when Keanu John may be the one, but John Lilo... Wick four surfboard. Yeah, he needs surfboard to, gunshot. He like, needs to call in a favor from an old friend. Yeah, <laughs> Johnny Utah. And... Keanu Reeves may be the one, but Stitch is six two six. So you know, <laughs> right. that's six hundred and twenty five times better than the one. I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> Between Brendan and I, we have six children and we have not seen that film at Are all. Are you yeah. kidding me? There's no. three and a TV series. Are you no. kidding me? But Are you in, kidding me? Ni- wasn't it 90s? No, that was early 2000s, right? Or me? Uh, like I was in high school. Was... If I'm watching those, I just missed I'm, I'm four years older than you. Yes, but you, like that's in your bag. Careful now. Careful now. Careful what you're your about bag, to say. Yeah. <laughs> you like that shit. I love it. It's a great sci-fi movie. I, oh, it's always been on a you know very long list. I never it's really thought about it as a sci-fi, but yeah, it kind of is. It's literally an alien that lands in Hawaii and is hunted by other aliens by a galactic federation. I just always oh, thought shit. it was more like, um, you know, what's that um, Mexican girl? That animation. Ooh, careful now, buddy. I just said, Meg, it's a fucking country, mate. Relax. <laughs> yeah, Dora the Explorer? Is that yeah, where you're at? I thought it was Dora Explorer with the monkey. That's what no, I thought I've, it was. I've never seen Dora the Explorer, but I'm going to say no. Lilo and Stitch is a really, it's a, it's one of the best Disney movies that exists. It's up there with Lion King, Aladdin, Hercules. I would say it's probably even better than Hercules. I would take Lilo and Stitch. Hercules, Hercules. is great. I've not Hercules seen that since I was a kid. I need to show my kids that. Okay, uh, no. one from that era, right? And this is a weird tangent to go on now that we're on. Uh, the Emperor's New Groove. I listened to one particular podcast. This guy, he cannot shut up about how great The Emperor's New Groove is. And, uh, of that, I was just, I think, yeah, I think that was around the, the same time. Around the same it? time, Lilo yeah. and Stitch, where it was like, I, yeah, I was into the Matrix, yeah. parts of the Caribbean. Well, beforehand, like, so yeah, Emperor's, like, Emperor's New Groove was 2000, Lilo and yeah. Stitch was 2002. Yeah, yeah. like I was too Re- old for that. Like, I'm, I've never been a, above watching kids' movies. I'll still do yeah, that no, shit like now, I but I reckon at that It's in that time where. We would have just been rewatching our just, old. Own well, well, I I skipped Emperor's New Groove. I was never a huge fan of Emperor's New Groove, but Lilo and Stitch is the bomb. Okay. That's um, you know, whenever Lincoln says Ohana means family, no. that's that's Lilo and Stitch. I am his family, and I've never heard him say that. Really? <laughs> wow. I thought that was a rock. The rock said that. Yeah. <laughs> In like, he got it from Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. I thought he got it from Vin Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our next rewatch. That is obviously Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Well, watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, re- yeah, rewatch for me. Two, two out of three. It's definitely defined as a, uh, oh, as a watch. If you want us to do a podcast on Lilo and Stitch, let Maddie know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't let us know because then we yeah. know. Then we know that Maddie's not lying. Yeah, you all think it's fake every time it's something. Every time it's something that supports fake me, news. you think it's all fake. Oh <laughs> uh, shit! Anyway, oh. I'm done. And my notes are up for this episode. Yep. Yeah, I was done a while ago. Thank you, thank you, Beachhead. Um, Can we get a hands up who actually has had Beachhead? Just hands. No, don't need voice. Lincoln no. has two hands up as we speak. <laughs> he's got every hand. Because he's and, getting Beachhead. And dick up. No, I don't like Sam. he's listening to this, he's getting Beachhead. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I don't like sand, so I, I'm going to go with no. Oh, f- you're the new Anakin Skywalker. 
Hey, I hated Sand. <laughs> imagine that. That's cool. that's the end of that actual scene. He goes, I hate Sand. Gets every. She's like, Oh, I was just going to give you a beach ball, but I don't want to worry about it. <laughs> you were about to get beachhead. No, I was just, I, I was, I was going to get all Queen of Naboo on your ass, but yeah, no, I don't more, want. Apparently, you, I don't want you to turn my foreskin into sandpaper. No <laughs> oh my god, I was going to show you the reverse Naboo girl. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw a great meme the other day and it was like um, it was uh, Padme she was like oh no I have to tell this guy um, how we it's it's so wrong we can't be together I have to let him down easy and then it cuts to the next scene where she's in like that dominatrix bustier with her tits up <laughs> out, up under her chin and she looks like a total dominatrix she's like this is the perfect outfit to let him down <laughs> <laughs> this is the perfect oh was it this is the perfect outfit to let him know I'm not interested yeah. <laughs> you know actually I've rewatched. Um, episode one and two with my son the other day, and I actually really enjoyed them a lot more mm. than I remember. Yeah. yeah, and I maybe it was because I got to watch it with him, and he liked kind of the the pod race and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. See, I can skip the pod race, but I love all the Naboo stuff. Yeah, Tatooine stuff's not great, but I love the Naboo. Like stuff. he was like, yeah, he laughed at the Naboo stuff, and he laughed at um, yeah, the pod race. So like, it definitely was for his age group. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So like, I, I mean, yeah, I was. It. What 13 the first time i saw episode yeah one. i was yeah, uh, like too. perfect yeah perfect age like that when you listen to george lucas and he said star wars is for 12 year old boys like yeah. that's the that's mm. the thing and then everything else around it branches off and i would have yeah 1999 came out in may i would have just turned 13 so yeah. like it was and that was my introduction to star wars i never wanted anything to do with star wars up until that point and dad got through work got premiere tickets and took lincoln and i and we were obsessed with it after episode one so i've got a soft spot for the prequels i really and now it's like cool to be a prequel apologist i'm like no 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 Uh i was just like maybe naively thinking they were cool back then but like now i'm like yeah see it's fine like i hate the sequels if you want now i think we said they are the new the new prequels the sequels are the new prequels the sequels are begging for like other films to be made in 15 years so everyone can look back and go uh, you know what palpatine coming back after 30 years just because ain't so bad anymore you know like I don't know what's going to have to happen. Uh, for the that CGI to happen. really aged poorly, yeah. like so poorly. Yeah, given the how old, the seventies ones look awesome still mm. with the practical effects, mm. even Jurassic Park still holds up better than a lot of you know. And that was four or five years before the prequels. So, uh, that was the first time they I had Phantom, full a green lot of, screen. Yeah, there's a lot of. I still think that Attack of the Clones looks worse than Phantom Menace. Yeah, that's just, what, sorry, that's what I'm saying because we right. watched one and two, and that mm. does not hold up. The yeah. Attack of the Clones is terrible. Yeah, that's two or three Attack of the Clones. Two, two, two. Yeah, I would say three is probably my least favorite of of the prequels. I'm really yeah. I'm looking forward to rewatch rewatching it again with. Yeah, I like all the. I loved all the Geonosis stuff in episode two, and like the first time seeing like forty Jedi fighting just yeah blew my time. Yeah, that was cool. Those cool animals that they were all riding on and shit. He, but, um, I do like that line how like George Lucas says Star Wars is for twelve year old boys because I tell you what, twelve year old boys love Trade Federation stuff. <laughs> love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know that was so convoluted. I had to just basically explain that's the Emperor. He's tricking her. Yeah, he's tricking that dumb alien guy. To make him in charge. Yeah. What they do love though is Natalie Portman in a white midriff shirt. That's that's what Torah. Yeah, I told you. 
Yeah, well, I mean, sort of I was, I was 16 when that came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, that's episode 198, Beachhead, which is a real name yes, of please. a real episode. Yes, Congratulations, please. Lincoln. Hope it was good. <laughs> And what spent. are the chances? Um, we'll be back next week. We're talking SGA. Is there a crazy name for this episode next week, Maddie? Or condemned? Uh, oh, condemned. Yeah. Well, if we're going to keep oh, on saying Lincoln wasn't <laughs> pseudo sequel, to just bringing it back. <laughs> condemned. Uh, next week, one hundred and ninety-nine of oh! Get In Gate, and. Uh, Wait, so let's just do the math then. That means what's our 200th episode going to be? We do 200 episodes special. We better we because otherwise it's an ex deus machina, which sucks that balls. That sucks balls, bro. Yeah, let's, well, let's <laughs> That's do That's what I was going to say about special. this episode is that I actually really love the ending and where's Viola? She got sucked into a singularity. That's not the first time. And then also... Hey. She comedy and we're doing it, people. <laughs> but I'm like, sick, I can't wait till next week. And it's this piece of crap, oh, earthbound really? yeah. rubbish. Oh, really? Yeah. John Paul are back with the anti Stargate Stargate show. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, for our 200s, oh, let's have like a massive, mass. Speaking of beachhead, let's have a massive emptying of the mailbag for our. um. Yes. God, let's yeah. just. Just empty it over and over and over again. We'll empty our hairy mailbags all over the podcast, and um, that can be our two hundredth. Oh, nice. let's let's read two hundred pieces of mail. Oh, Jesus, two hundred. Don't want to kill ourselves. <laughs> we don't want right our in audience now. to kill themselves. Right in, in now, each. everybody. We we like limit it to one minute each, or even thirty seconds is like good yeah. lord. Oh uh, my god, that's uh, we'd run. Yeah. Look forward I mean, to editing. One, one thing could be a five star. It could be five star review from Freddie Got Fingered. Okay, next one. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, could just be that. All right. Well, yeah. We'll 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 plan things. If it's not going to be that episode, which mm. I have no memory of, uh, which is funny because like in this Half episode, luck. I actually like ball episode, that... Mitch. It's a ball wearing mm. a human suit. A shit ball episode. Yeah, oh, on Earth. Yeah, mm. I don't like ball much after this point. Oh really? Oh, not, damn nah. it. I don't like I actually, it. Too I many it balls in the air. If you get <laughs> I know that when I um, those balls. old mate, um, uh, chicken nugget guy, and he refers, oh, didn't Baal tell you that I invented that thing that, you know, helps you guys save everything? And I'm like, oh, Baal, that's right. He's still just like out there and we'll see him eventually. Mm. And oh, I can't wait to see him. That's okay. That sucks. If that's, yeah. that's, that's what's coming up. So um, we've got condemned between them, which isn't too bad. Condemned's not too bad. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah, we'll do something. We'll do something fun for the two hundredth. Sounds more. good. A puppet show. Maybe, we'll do a puppet maybe show. we should go back on the studio for two hundredth. What do you think? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's about. It's about damn time. That's Thank you, Lizzo. It's about damn time. In a minute, I'm a need a sentimental man or woman. Oh, Maddie's okay. on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Look out, people! He's got the milkshakes out. Yeah. <laughs> and bringing bring, the bring, boys to the bring yard. I don't give a f- wait too much. <laughs> Sorry, <I> <laughs> And That's somehow, it. yeah, there's no way we can fit those lyrics in with the Stargate theme, which is playing. But anyway, we'll be back next week. 199 condemned Stargate Atlantis back with Get Into Gate. Hey, peace out, guys. See ya. Bye. Ha ha. Bye. See ya. Bye. Adios. Get Into Geek.